In the programs of recovery, there's a passage that's called the acceptance prayer. It states that acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. Is that really true? Isn't acceptance just a, a way to avoid what's wrong with me? Is there any functional use to acceptance? Is it just like a new age, silly thing to make myself feel better? Or maybe it's the key to everything. Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversation by regular people and for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Welcome back to Consciously. This is Menachem Posnansky. Grateful to have you here. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is a little bit of an impromptu episode in honor of the ending of Hanukkah and Zos Hanukkah, which is the eighth day of Hanukkah. And, and uh, I was fortunate to have my friend Arye Buxbayev, my friend, my partner, who joined us. Arye and I wrote together a book called Stepping Out of the Abyss, A Jewish Guide to the Twelve Steps. And Arye is also a psychotherapist and a dear friend, and he's a relatively funny guy, uh, as you hopefully will hear. We want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast um, give us a five-star review wherever possible. I remember our social media pages, uh, The Light Revealed, Consciously62, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, also keep in mind, if you haven't bought somebody a gift, Consciously the Book, Six Steps to Vibrantly Living with Our Creator, something like that. Um, and uh, you can find that online. I'll post the links in the episode description. And uh, you can check that out also in Jewish bookstores. So anyway, thanks for joining us. And uh, here's... Me and my good friend Arya have... Okay, so as I told you, I'm joined today by my friend and colleague and partner, Arya Buxbayev. I think, I think I'm the sole member of the friend zone. The sole member of the friend zone. So uh, Arya came by, stopped by my office today, and I was like, let's do a podcast episode. Because he spends most of his time making fun of me for having a podcast. So now maybe this will neutralize that. No. No, not at all. No, I think I'll... Or just open the door for other types, like cross, you know, like cross addiction, like cross mockery. You just move on to something else. No, it's like, I feel that I need something new to also make fun of myself. <laughs> so why not just combine, <laughs> combine the two together? So yeah, exactly what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. So it's been Hanukkah, which has been really nice. Mine's been really nice. How's yours been? Fantastic. Fantastic. Awesome. Hanukkah's a good holiday. It's fun. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's one of your favorites. What, what your favorite is Tisha? My favorite is, I think that whole that whole three weeks. The whole three weeks. <laughs> so Hanukkah is eight days. Yeah, but I got three weeks. Okay, so okay, so Thursday today tonight we're going to be lighting the eighth candle of. I'm hoping to publish this on Thursday, right? So tonight we'll be lighting the eighth candle of Hanukkah, and in the Sefer Hasidus and Sefer Kabbalah, right, it talks about this idea of Zos Hanukkah, the last eighth day of Hanukkah, being the culmination of a period that began. Uh, with Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And there's some implication of uh, judgment and uh, the finality of a judgment which occurs on the eighth day of Hanukkah. So I heard an idea that I was very attracted to and, and spoke a lot to me, and I thought that it might be interesting to get your perspective on it. So I'm sharing this with Arya for the first time for the listeners. So the idea is like this. So the process which leads up to Sukkot is, begins in Elul. And it's a process of self-reflection, looking back to the year that passed, looking at what we did right and what we did wrong, what we can rectify uh, and what we can do better. And that culminates ultimately in Rosh Hashanah, which is the beginning of the new year, and then Yom Kippur, where we work to create a rectification or a 
or a tshuva, right? Repentance for what we did wrong so we can start the new year on a new slate. And then we engage Sukkot, which is when we leave our homes and we enter this space that's kind of filled with God. It's God's space, so to speak. We're living, we sit inside of a mitzvah. We sit within the shade of a mitzvah and we spend seven days in the sukkah and then we return to our homes and invite God back in with in, in with us to Shemini Atzeris and then we start the year. That's how the Jews begin their new year, three weeks of reflection and repentance and meditation and stepping away from life and then we jump into the year. So I heard this fantastic idea. I'm not going to tell you who it's from, but uh, on purpose. So <laughs> before you decide whether you like it or not. So the idea is like this. So Sukkot is what's called in Kabbalah and Hasidus an Or Makif, a surrounding light, right? Because literally the Sukkah surrounds you, you're, you're within it. But an Or Makif, at least if you're looking at it through the lens of psychological terms, an Or Makif is an inspiration or a sense of duty and an ideal that draws you outside of where you currently are, right? It's a light that's outside of your current context, right? It's something that's drawing you to be more, to do more telling you what you could be or what you maybe even should be, right? It's something it's something that inspires you, but it doesn't inspire you from within. It inspires you from without, right? It's an ormakif. So sukkah represents an ormakif. Now, if we were to look at it through the kind of a psychological terms, you'd understand I began the new year. I reflected on what I did bad, badly last year and what I did right. I rectified what I did wrong. And now I'm spending a week kind of in reflection and meditation and joy and happiness. And now I have to jump into the new year. I have a very clear idea of what I'd like to be in the coming year, obviously more than what I was the previous year, what I'd like to do, right? everything I should accomplish. And that can be incredibly overwhelming because I'm, I'm asking of myself to be more than myself, right? I'm tapping into an ormakif. I'm tapping into a surrounding light, a vision, perhaps you might say, of what I might grow to be, right? That's a little bit of what you get after you spend some time reflecting on what's wrong with you. You get to see what might, what could be right about you in a certain way. And that can be very, very overwhelming. Hanukkah, on the other hand, occurs a couple of months later when we're immersed in the darkness of life, of challenges, and it represents an orpnimi, an inner light, an inner light of, of, of inspiration, right? That's why we light the Hanukkah menorah below Tent Fachim. We light it when, it right, when it's right about to be dark, right? There's all these things that we do that represent the fact that Hanukkah reflects light within darkness, right? So Hanukkah represents that even though I've encountered struggles and I've failed, they're still good inside of me, right? So it's an inspiration that comes from within, from within the context of who I am. So the idea that I heard, right, that kind of all builds up towards this idea. The idea I heard is that Hanukkah is the completion, and Zos Hanukkah, the eighth day of Hanukkah, would be the ultimate fulfillment of that. Hanukkah is the completion of a normative process of a human being's development, right? So that you, let's say, hit rock bottom, you realize there's something wrong with you, you make some kind of inventory of what's wrong with you, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you need to do better. And then you gain a conception of what you might be. But then practically, when you jump into life, that's actually very hard, right? Like, you know, we do work with people in recovery, people that are coming out of rehab, people that we work with will be in rehab and and they have all these plans and dreams and schemes for what they're going to do, right? And then they get home and none of it manifests because there's all these problems that occur and the that make cycle. it more difficult. Right, and then that re-engages the same cycle, which then just can trigger relapse, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's, which is very, very important, right? Very, very challenging. One of the things I tell people coming out of rehab, like expect a crash, like it's going to come. The question is how you're going to handle that. And that long-term recovery is very much based around how you 
develop the skills to handle a crash more than how you learn how to be perfect, right? So, so there's that energy, and that represents the experience we have going through Rosh Hashanah Kippur, and then being on Sukkot, and then emerging out of Sukkot, and then trying to like be a better person. But then practically, we show up two months later, and we're feeling a lot of darkness because we failed a lot. We've we have not necessarily performed up to what our expectations were. And Hanukkah is what kind of invites us back into a place of acceptance, right? To a place of like realizing like you're of inherent worth and inherent value and it's okay and you're not expected to be better than what you are. And therefore, it's really the beginning of actually living, right? Because the, the, the initial phase of living where you're like living up to some ideal that's not real is not actually living. It's fantasy. It's, it's delusion, Right. But once you hit Hanukkah, you hit the problems and then you emerge out of those problems. That's when life really starts. So that's the idea. Right. And that's why it's the end of the judgment period, because in the sense that it's the end of the period where we're done preparing for the year. And now we're actually going to get serious about the year. Right. It's a very nice acceptance oriented idea. What do you think? I think it mirrors just when we enter on a spiritual journey, we have this over, I guess, inflated sense of self. Like who we want to be, but like on steroids, right? Right. We're gonna be like to 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 a certain extent, like this element of perfection, right? We're gonna be this perfect human being, right? After after sukkahs and and sukkahs Torah, or just in general, we come out of rehab. I'm gonna be this like I'm gonna be this ubermensch, mm. and then I step off the bus, I step out of that that place of perfection, and that is like where do I even begin? So like I have moments of like I want to be good and then I have moments like I'm a complete failure. Right. I'm incapable, I'm inadequate, I'm unlovable. Like all those distortion, the negative distortions of self. So we go from like real distortions of self on a positive note and then to a negative note. And then we're like, where are we even, what happens? And Hanukkah comes and then we just, just shine a little light. Just start somewhere. Acceptance is the ability of, of seeing the reality as is. And then from that little place, implementing some sense of change, like right. just a little bit beginning and then going from there without the, the inflated sense of self, like I'm perfect or I'm complete piece, I'm a complete garbage. Right. Those are two, two opposite sense of perfection. Wow. Recognizing is that I'm imperfect and I could just start in a little bit of spot. And then that little bit goes into a little bit, goes, keeps on going more and more and more. Wow. Okay. So you, you, you brought out two Nakudos, two points that that I didn't see at all. That's amazing. Fantastic. The first thing that you said, which is really powerful. And, and what's interesting is there's a premise here, maybe to try to at least diagnose why we experience these things. But many people kind of experience that, have that sensation of being, you know, a, a narcissist with inferiority complex. Not that any of us are actually narcissists. I mean, some of you are, but right? <laughs> most of us, if you think you're a narcissist, you're not a narcissist, right? <laughs> It's inherently contradictory. Calling yourself a narcissist is inherently contradictory. So, right. But that idea of overinflated ego and, and incredible low self-esteem. So what you're kind of teeing into is that this idea, right, kind of highlights why that occurs. Because we emerge out of a place of darkness. We get these moments of inspiration of what we might be, which then triggers some kind of un, oftentimes an unhealthy perfectionism right. that gives us a view of ourselves that's that's inflated, right? And then when we don't live up to that. We are judging ourselves based on who we should be instead of who we are. And therefore we end up kind of between those two extreme sides. Right. Exactly. Wow. Whereas Hanukkah enables one to have sustainable growth. 
Right. So that was the second point that you made, which is that Han- the message of Hanukkah is we light one candle and then two candles and then three candles and then four candles. Right. So that's that idea of kind of like one day at a time, not to be overly cliche, but kind of just taking it one step at a time moving forward, which is the only way to have sustainable growth. Right. Wow. That's really cool. You're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting. Do you think that that's why people have that? Is that like, you think that's a viable idea? Because a lot of people have that experience with like the narcissist with the inferiority complex thing. Yeah, I know right? I have that experience. I mean, I do too. I'm saying, but we're crazy, but, but I'm saying other people, right? I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think. I don't <clears> is know. that just an explanation of why it occurs? Not necessarily the explanation. Boop. Aware of it. <laughs> you know, I think not everyone's consciously aware of that, no. of that dichotomy inside of them. No, and I think that, and you know, it hit me. I had an interaction with somebody who was who I thought was like this really like per only like perfect, not perfect. But he's got his he's got his act together, and right. he was like being vulnerable, and he was telling me, you know, he, he he was like lost in his own thought, and then he was like, you know, I do everything, you know, because I'm not good enough, and he was re- it was like this, it was like tearing up a little bit. I don't think he realized I was like standing right next to him. Right. But then it hit me. He's like, yeah, this is like a real, this is a human problem. This is not just, you know, people for who are, you know, emotionally impaired or the or the spiritual elite of trying to work on themselves by hating themselves and then loving themselves. Right. Like us. Right. <laughs> but this is people it's a real struggle of of sustainable introspection that that really involves like seeing a person as they are and being and just understanding it, not being and not judging it. Well, seeing ourselves as we are. Yeah. Right. You're talking about something different. You're talking about a very human experience of encountering, you know, perhaps what we hope to be, what we'd like to be, what we might look like if we were able to meet all of our ideals. Right. I think there's also versus who we actually are. Right. I think there's also a big resistance into that. Like I'll give an example. Give an example. So I hurt my I hurt my elbow and my wrist, and I haven't been able. I'm, I'm, I have tennis elbow. I don't know what's... I'm going to physical therapy. And he's making me do something with like two pounds. Like six months ago, when I was exercising with... with it was I was 50, 50 pounds. Right. And now I could barely put two pounds, five pounds. And there's a lot of... Oh, all the work you did was for nothing. You stink. I can't believe I'm at this level. But I'm in a tremendous amount of pain. Just moving, moving with my left foot. Uh, arms moving at any type of level when I'm able to realize like this two pounds and I work on it instead of just ignoring it will let will lead up to four pounds will lead up to six pounds going to when he's what he's prescribing me to do at the level that I'm at it's not about the level I used to be or I want to be where am I currently right being all in on that that's where the growth will happen Right. Like today I went to physical therapy. I was able to do 10 pounds on one side and five pounds on the other, which was a lot better than last week. Right. And, but what's interesting about this idea is that if that process doesn't start with a vision of what you might be, like a really expansive vision of, of who you might grow to be or what your ideals are, a sense of your spiritual guide, the spiritual guidelines of your life or your spiritual aspirations, then you also can't get anywhere. No. Meaning if you just started the year with Hanukkah, you can't start it because right. then, then you'll just be co-signing negative behavior. Right. Okay. That's that's a very that's a very powerful um, distinction that you're making because I think people hear something like a discipline of acceptance, 
and they hear cosigning negative behavior. You could cosign, you could accept where you are and you could validate the feelings. We don't have to validate the behaviors that go against what your goals and aspirations are. Right. So if you don't know what those goals and aspirations are, if you don't gain a vision of your more perfect self to start off with. Right. You need that vision for you. That's your start. Like you, but, but if you're stuck in the vision for you without doing the brunt work. Right. Then you also don't get anywhere. Right. So it kind of requires both. And, and the process in between kind of the vision and then the acceptance is sometimes painful. It's like sometimes dark and it takes time. Like it, it means you have to work that stuff out and only starts with trial and error. That's what the kind of the idea puts forward because or else like Hanukkah would be the day after Sukkot. The idea is kind of reflecting the fact that like, OK, so I end the year off. I'm trying to make what's right. I gain a vision of what I might be. And then I try to put it into action. Right. right. And, and then, then we lose two months later, it. I have to like take a step back again and practice this acceptance that I can then jump in. Right. I think it's a constant level of, of going back to the drawing board. Right. And like you, when we, you know, when we have a, you have an idea of what you want to be and like, that's great. Have that drawing board and, and try it and try it out. Just go like, be curious be, and, and, and see how, if it works and see what, work, and then coming back and you, to the drawing board, see what works and what doesn't work. Right. And then, you know, recalculate. Right. And then go from there. And then right. Go. But the acceptance is never going to save you from the disappointment of your own failures. It's just, it's only going to help you emerge out of your failures. I think it's going to, the acceptance is going to actually get you to, people view, I feel like people view acceptance as a weakness. Right. right? Not realizing it's, it's grease for the mills. It's what, it's going to enable you to get to where you want to be. Right. Cause like you, I'm like, I'm, I'm here. I, I'm in a lower place or I'm in a different place than I was, right? I have to accept that I'm in a different place. And now I could recalculate it in terms of how could I get back to that place or, or that, that vision for you. Right. But if I refuse to have acceptance, cause I think it's weak or it's like a new age thing, I'm going to keep on trying to hating myself to loving myself. Yeah. You're, trying you're, to hate myself or, enough to or love going myself. back is I'm going to keep on making the same mistake, expecting different results. Right. Right. I, I mean, I, I think also what's interesting is that sometimes we gain a vision. You're talking about a vision for you. Like sometimes we gain a certain conception or an awareness or an aspiration of what we want to be, but then life plays itself out and we end up becoming something that's incomparably better than anything we could have imagined we might be before because of the experience that we have. Right. Yeah. Right? Was- Meaning like sometimes the vision, even though it seems like it could be good, right? Like it, it actually isn't better than what we end up with. Even though what we end up with it was inherent with tons of failures or disappointments or letdowns or missteps, right? That's that it inherently plays itself out. I, I feel like a lot of times I'll be sitting with a client and he'll be talking about what trying to get back to some version of himself. And he's actually not describing an actual version of himself that was ever sustainable, but like a delusion that he thought of himself that maybe he maintained for a couple of weeks because he gained he gained some kind of visual aspiration of what he wanted to be. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it, it never sustains. And then he spends years trying to get back to that. I call it the mullet. The mullet. <laughs> Why do you call it the mullet? Because it's, it's like, I want to be, it's, it's. <laughs> it sounds like a good idea, but then practically it doesn't really play out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's and practically I hear it, it's that it's living in two zones. Like I want to be, I want to, I want to go back to the. To my college years and have being like have long hair in the back, but I want, but like you know, I have to write TPS reports, right? So I need to have like I need to be a functioning human being on the side. I need to be a businessman, right? But that doesn't really play itself out. It doesn't play it out. You need to, you need you you can't you got to get a whole new 
Right. You have to let go of whatever was before. Yeah. For a new and fresh experience, that kind of thing. It's something new and beautiful to, to exist. You were hanging on to the, to the past. Right. And so to any, but here you're hanging on to like the dysfunctional a vision part. of yourself. That wasn't even true. But, but it was, but it was very uh, powerful and very meaningful. Meaning it was not a bad aspiration. Some of these things are really nice. Like, you know, I walk out of Sukkot sometimes. I mean, this, this idea really resonated with me because I walk out of Sukkot. Like, you know, I've just spent a month and a half of like a lot of spiritual behavior. Right. And then I spent a week with my family and I'm like, I can do it. I can spend a lot of time learning or praying or meditating or just hanging out. I don't have a lot of responsibilities. I don't work over the, over the Sukkot holidays. So I come out with like all these expectations of what I'd like to be. And then practically it doesn't play itself out. No, it's and not. then there's tremendous disappointment. Now there was delusion in what I, in what I wanted, but what I wanted isn't bad, no, but it was I, never going to be. It's and it's never, much it's less. Bad. It's about like, it's just not realistic. You know, it's like the guy who's, who's working and feel, you know, he, and, he, and he's looking at himself as less than because when he was in yeshiva, he was like learning all day. Right. Right. So if you were, you know, in, during Suk, uh, Sukkot, just not learning and then you thought like, okay, I'm going to, when, when, when this is over, I'm just going to be learning all day, you know, being super spiritual, doing and, and being the mikvah and doing all these things without realizing that you have like, you have a job and a family, and right. you have other responsibilities. Right. And now when those other responsibilities come and you're like, oh. I'm just, I'm nothing. Right. And not only that, but look at all these people. They're getting in the way of me being who I'm supposed to be. And then you're getting upset at, at, you're getting resentful, um, at everybody around you because they're infringing on your spirituality. Right. They're infringing on your ability to like, I'm trying to be super spiritual and I got to make lunch. Right. (sighs) Come on, Tani. (laughs) You know, know, it's, it's, Tani makes his own lunch. What? Tani makes his own lunch. I mean, come on, Lucy. <laughs> it's, uh, I, you know, it's, you know, it's like the vision that you had was unrealistic to begin with because it wasn't taking into account of like, A, you're in a different place. B, like you have other, these other responsibilities that are inherently also very spiritual. Right. And, and worthy. And positive. And positive. Right. But everybody's just focusing on the, like the, like the emotional spiritual side. Oh, that's interesting. So what you're saying is like sometimes that or mock if that inspirational externalized light that's kind of coming in from outside doesn't take into account or can't take into account things that are more subtle. Like, let's say like, oh, I want to be something that's outside of my life, but then there's all sorts of really meaningful things going on inside of my life. And that light from outside of your life doesn't at all relate to those internal things. Right. So those inside life things. And that's internal. what I really mean by when I said like that distortion. I'm, I'm not saying it's inherently wrong. I'm saying we don't take into account the other areas of one's life. Right. Because we're so, we're honed in on only the spiritual. We're not honed in on the, you know, someone's in college, someone's uh, working. Right. Someone's taking care of a family. Right. And there's other responsibilities. Um, okay, this was great. This is really good. You really fleshed it out. You're, you're really good. So you, who came up with this idea? You're a good guy. No. You're a good guy. All right. You're very manly. Thanks for joining us, Harry. Thanks for listening to the Consciously Podcast. Consciously is a project of The Living Room, which is a division of Our Place New York, and made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family, in memory of Tsipora Basravaro. The host of Consciously is Menachem Posnansky, and our trusted assistant to the regional co-host, Shmaya Hanekman. If you've enjoyed this podcast, 
You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher or wherever else you get your podcasts. We sincerely welcome and appreciate your feedback and questions, so please feel free to email us at consciously62 at gmail.com or on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Oh,